to invite you to turn in your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We have been in the process of preparing for our upcoming revival services with Dr. Anthony Manswell. And you can see the green sheet in your bulletin. And our revival services are Sunday, September 25th at 11 a.m. and 6.30. And then Monday through the Friday to September the 30th at 7 p.m. And the question that we've been focusing on for several weeks now is, how can you and I experience greater spiritual revival? And this is part three, the third message in this series. And in the past two messages, we said that we can experience greater spiritual revival as we make a decision to do what is pleasing in the Lord's sight. Amen? I've put these uh, truths in your notes there. Then last week we said we need to believe, believe that with God's help you can make and I can make positive changes, positive changes in each life. We also discovered from the Bible that we need to realize that God can bring about revival to and through people of all ages, all ages. King Hezekiah was only 25 years old when the Lord used him to bring a mighty revival in his nation. And then we also said, don't keep putting off doing what can help bring spiritual revival in your own life. King Hezekiah, as soon as he took authority as soon as he became king of the nation. He took steps to help bring about spiritual revival. He didn't wait. He didn't say, let me wait a few years, see how governing this country will go, and then I'll try to have a spiritual impact. No, he took action right away to help bring about spiritual revival. Let us now read Second Chronicles, starting at chapter 29, verse 1. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Verse 3. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He summoned the priests and Levites to meet him at the courtyard east of the temple. He said to them, listen to me, you Levites. Purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the temple to the temple's entry room, and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and, pre and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. Verse 8, that is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle, and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now, but now I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. 
My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him, and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Let's end our reading right there. I want to invite you now to take your message outlines from your bulletin. If you need a message outline, slip your hand up. The ushers can pass one to you for those of you who need one. And so, our theme is, how can you and I experience greater spiritual revival? And I believe the following truths are going to help each one of us as we give attention to them. The first truth want to focus on today is this. Number one, let's reopen and repair to help bring about revival. Let's reopen and repair to help bring about revival. Now this truth came to my mind when I read the second half of verse three where it says, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He reopened and repaired. Now what is this referring to originally? Well, the temple had been the main place of worship, as most of you know. However, the previous king, Ahaz, in fact, he was the father of Hezekiah, Ahaz had shut the doors and prevented people from going to worship there. He shut them he wouldn't allow people to go and worship in the main place of worship. In fact, 2 Chronicles chapter 28, previous chapter, verse 24 says this. It says, King Ahaz shut the doors of the Lord's temple so that no one could worship there. King Hezekiah, however, his son, his son reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord so the people could go to praise and honor and worship the Lord as a community of believers, so the people could go to hear the word of the Lord taught and preached, and to leave the temple encouraged and inspired in their faith. And so the Bible tells us that Hezekiah reopened the temple, the main place of worship. Now obviously, Obviously, we here have not closed, we have not closed and have no intention of closing the doors of our church. But think, think, about, think about question A on your message outline where you see the following question and you see it on the big screen as well. And the question is, what perhaps what perhaps do you need to reopen that can help you with spiritual revival? What do any of us need to reopen? For instance, or for example, do you need to reopen a habit for being in the Lord's house each Sunday for worship, and Sunday school? Have you, for whatever reasons, gotten out of the habit and need to get back into the habit of worshiping the Lord Sunday by Sunday? One of the challenges of a summer for any church is because there are so many reasons why people are traveling and people are away all over the place, 
uh, which is good to a certain extent. I'm happy for everyone to have a vacation on some occasion across the year. But it's easy for people to get out of the habit of worship. And for some people, there's a need to say, you know what? I've got to get back on track. I've got to get back into the habit of worshiping the Lord Sunday by Sunday. Or we're talking now about what do we need to reopen or restart in our lives? Do you need to reopen, reopen your Bible? Do you need to reopen your Bible and read it regularly? Do you need to attend Wednesday Bible study and or a small group such as the small group Bible studies that we have going on through the month on various days. And we've had the information in the bulletin now for several weeks. You can sign up for a small group Bible study in our church and be blessed by those studies and special times of fellowship and prayer together. Here's another thought. Do you need to reopen, reopen your, your prayer and fasting time with the Lord? Do you need to reopen your prayer and fasting time? In the church bulletin, you'll see some possible suggestions for, for fasting. It's on the green sheet, on the back of the revival services sheet. If you, if you look at it there, just briefly, here's some suggestions for fasting, the possibility of, of fasting food. Perhaps you, you, you would like to miss a meal a day for the next two weeks or some other details as to how a person might fast in terms of food. Or look at it further. Perhaps you can fast by denying yourself a favorite TV program. Perhaps you might, you might refuse to watch a favorite TV program for the next few weeks as you and I prepare for revival. That can be a part of fasting or denying yourself. Or deny yourself by not playing computer games for the next two weeks. Some people are just, are just really caught up with computer games. That's okay. But for some people, denying oneself to pray and seek the Lord can be a matter of putting aside the computer games. Or deny yourself by not wearing your favorite perfume or aftershave the next two weeks. And that isn't exactly a big deal for me, but for some people it might be. Deny yourself by not, not going out to restaurants, not even Tim Hortons. Deny yourself in a way that would truly be a sacrifice for you. These are just a few suggestions, some ideas some ideas as to how you and I might practice some prayer and, and fasting. Amen? Moving along here. Still in the question, what perhaps do you need to reopen that can help you with spiritual revival? Well, do you need to reopen, reopen your, your checkbook? Huh? Or you can be more technical and use some of the new technical uh, uh, opportunities by which you can access funds these days. But it might be, it might be that you, you used to give your tithes and offerings, you used to give your missions offering, you used to give your mortgage fund uh, offering faithfully, but for some reason, for some reason you've become lax, for some reason you've become irregular in your giving. Now I know, I know that if I personally don't give, if I don't give my tithes and offerings and mortgage fund every month, it will hurt me spiritually. And I'm glad someone else agrees there, okay? I would not be, I would not be at peace with God. That's the simple truth. 
And I say that just because I'm a Christian. I don't say that because I'm a pastor. It's a matter of principle. And, and, and as I mentioned, as, a, as I mentioned the subject of reopening your checkbook, if need be, I have to tell you, I have to tell you about someone who did something which touched my heart greatly recently. Now, I won't tell you the name of the person so as not to make her feel uncomfortable. And I didn't get permission to tell you this story, but so better that I don't tell you the name. But I, I officiated uh, the wedding of a wonderful couple this summer. And I assume that after their wedding day, the wedding couple probably uh, went somewhere, at least for a, a brief honeymoon. And then on the Sunday afternoon, are you listening now? On the Sunday afternoon, I was here at the church around 4.30 or 5 p.m. making preparations for the evening service. As I was walking through the main church foyer, behold, the bride walked in. This is Sunday afternoon. I said something like, bride, I'm surprised to see you today. What brings you here this afternoon? And she said, pastor, I needed to drop off my offering envelope. Now, I didn't tell her this, but I felt like crying with joy. My heart was deeply touched as I saw this young bride be so diligent about giving her offering to the Lord. I remember silently praying, Lord, you are blessing, and you will bless a young lady like her. Now please, don't anyone interpret me as saying uh, anything like, oh, make sure you hand in your offering before you go off on your honeymoon, okay? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. But Pastor Lisa, if you remember, please do hand in your tithe before you go off on your honeymoon. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, okay? Well, we, we've, we've talked about some things which some of us may need to reopen to help us with our spiritual revival. The Bible tells us King Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple and also repaired them, okay? He reopened and repaired. Now, I understand there's a close connection between reopening and repairing. But think about, think about point B on your handout. Think about the question, what perhaps do you need to repair? They had to repair the doors to the entry of the temple. What do you need to repair that can help you with spiritual revival? Amen? Figuratively and spiritually speaking, is there anything that you and I need to repair to better help ourselves with spiritual revival? For example, for example, do you need to repair a relationship? Go ahead, fill in your notes. 
Have you wronged someone and is there a need to apologize to him or her and to seek their forgiveness? Or, or do you need to forgive someone? Matthew 6, verse 14 says this. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It isn't always easy to forgive. But it's important to do so to help yourself and others with spiritual renewal. Is there an amen in the church? What else? What else might you and I need to repair to help us with spiritual revival? Well, do you need, do you need to repair your mouth? Do you need to repair your mouth? Romans 3.14 says, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. What is your mouth filled with? Ephesians 4.25 says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Does your mouth tell the truth? Or does it twist the truth? Proverbs 26, verse 20 says, Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Does your mouth, does your mouth do any gossiping which should stop? Here are a couple of Bible verses which really caught my attention about how sometimes some people use their mouth. Proverbs 26, verse 18 and 19. Now listen carefully to this. Listen carefully. Proverbs 26, 18, 19 says, says, just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. Just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. Did you know, did you know that that verse was in the Bible? It's incredible what's in the Bible. Recently, I was shocked, honestly, I was shocked as to how two men used their mouths. I was at a car rental agency to rent a car. When I arrived, I only had to wait maybe a minute or so, and the car rental agent called me to the counter to fill out the paperwork, give them my visa card, and my driver's license, and so on. Halfway through doing the paperwork, a voice from behind me, a voice from behind me said, hey, we are gold members. We shouldn't have to wait at all. I think there were three car rental agents working 
And one of them, one of them kindly said, Sir, we have a few customers ahead of you who will soon be finished, and, and you are next. Very nice response from the car rental agent. Now, to my surprise, to my surprise, another, another voice from behind me also said, we are gold members and we shouldn't have to wait. I, I turned around at that point to see who, uh, who these very rude people were and it looked like one man was in his, one man was the son in his late 20s and the other was probably his father in his 50s. And, and I wanted to say, I, I wanted to say, so most of you know I speak up when I need to speak up. And I, I wanted to say, gentlemen, there, there's no need, no need to give the staff a hard time. But I decided not to say anything because I didn't want the newspaper headline to read, Nazarene pastor gets into a fight with two men at a car rental agency and wins. Okay? And wins. Honestly, I thought the nerve of these guys being so rude, and they were only waiting, I don't know, one or two minutes, big deal. Actually, actually, what I did to try to help the situation was I, I whispered to the car rental agent who was doing my paperwork, and I asked him to please, please just put aside my paperwork uh, so he could s serve the rude guys behind me. I, I said, it's no big deal to me, just you know, serve these guys and get it over and done with. And they said, sir, they can wait. And by the way, by the way, car rental agents and uh, airline ticket agents have a way of dealing with rude people. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but they, they have a way of dealing with rude people. Did you, hear about, did you hear about the guy who went to the airport? He was flying to Hawaii. But for some reason, for some reason, he was, he was really rude to the airline agent. He was really rude, gave the agent a very hard time, and was mouthy and uh, foul language and, and all that, and for no reason, but just was just so mean and miserable. And then finally, he, he left, and the person behind that rude man, the person behind went up to the same agent, same airline agent, and, and the next person said, um, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry to have heard how you were treated, how you were treated by that man. There was no reason for that. He was so mean to you and used foul language and called you this and called you that. I, I, I feel terrible for you. I feel so sick that you would be treated like that. And the airline agent smiled. The airline agent smiled and said, no problem, sir. No problem. No. He doesn't know it yet. But he's going to Hawaii. His baggage is going to Alaska. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you better be nice to airline agents and car rental agents. They have a way of evening the score, okay? Okay. So we come back to the question. We come back to the question, do you need to repair your mouth? Man, I'll tell you, those two guys needed to repair their mouths. What else, what else might you and I need to repair to help us with spiritual revival? What else? Well, does anyone need to repair their spending habits? Spending habits. I've heard some yes, yes, uh uh-huh. Sometimes, listen to this, sometimes good people can get carried away with their spending such that when they get their credit card bills and when they get calls from collection agencies, they get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed and it takes its toll on them spiritually. Recently, this is true, this is true. You, you probably saw this on TV or in the news as well. Re- recently, I was surprised, I was surprised to hear a professional athlete talk, talk about how he had earned over $1 million, I'm sorry, he had earned over $100 million. Did you get that? He earned over $100 million and he had to declare bankruptcy. Huh? How many of you listened to him or heard, heard him on the news? Some of you did? Right. So, you know, whether we earn a lot or a big amount, many times it boils down to spending habits. Spending habits, doesn't it? Amen? What about this next truth? Does anyone need to repair the discipline of your use of time? Go ahead, fill in your notes. The discipline of your use of time. Sometimes, sometimes we have to discipline ourselves to make time for the Lord to speak to us. When we have our revival services on Sunday, September 25th through Friday, September the 30th, radio listeners, you are all invited to our revival services, of course. When we have our revival services, it will take discipline. It will take discipline on your part and mine to be here. It takes discipline. Those who will discipline themselves to be here, if at all possible, will be greatly spiritually enriched. How do I know that? I know it because of what you have told me. Many people have told me from past revival series services. Many of you have told me across the years of how spiritually blessed and enriched and touched you were during the revival services. But we have to be disciplined to make time for the Lord. So we are trying to answer the question, what perhaps do you need to repair that can help you, help you with spiritual revival? What about the, the following area of life? Does anyone need to do some repairs in the area of anger management? Anger management. 
Or what other area comes to your mind in your handout? I've got a question mark there because, because there are other areas that perhaps pertain to you and the Spirit of God is communicating to you about some other aspect of life which perhaps I haven't even mentioned. But my friend, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, the second half of verse three says, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and what? Repaired them. This helped bring about a spiritual revival. And the question is, what do you and I need to reopen or repair in our personal lives to help bring about revival in your life and mine? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, Pastor Nick, once a person is truly revived by the Holy Spirit, does that person then not have a greater, a greater desire to repair relationships, to control their mouth, to be wiser with spending habits, to be more disciplined with their use of time, to better manage the anger, and so on? And the answer, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. When we truly allow the Holy Spirit to change us for the better inside of our heart, inside of our mind, many of our external behaviors, did you get that? Many of our external behaviors change, sometimes overnight, sometimes gradually. For example, for example, some of you here, some of you here could testify, could testify of how before, before the Spirit of the living God, before the Spirit of God transformed you, some of you could testify of how you had a terrible temper. You had a terrible temper. You've told me. But then when the Spirit of God changed you on the inside, instead of you being a roaring lion, you are a purring pussycat. <laughs> right? Praise God. Praise God. When a person is spiritually revived, you do want to reopen and repair many of the areas we've talked about, but I have also learned over the years that when you and I deliberately take the steps, take the steps necessary to reopen and repair the areas we've talked about, it helps to better set the stage for spiritual revival in your own soul. Does that make sense? Amen, amen. There's a second truth I ask you to briefly uh, focus on which can help us experience greater spiritual revival and it is this. Point number two on your message outline and it is this. Let us purify ourselves. Let us purify ourselves. This truth uh, comes from verse five which says, he, Hezekiah, said to them, Listen to me, you Levites. Purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Now the Bible says a lot about purity. 
I've included a few Bible verses in your message outline. Let's, uh, let's in fact, read them uh, together. Let's read those Bible verses together. They're on the screen here. Out loud, in unison. Psalm 51, 7. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 86.11, grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. Matthew 5.8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Amen. Now let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 5 where Hezekiah says, purify yourselves, purify yourselves. What might, what might purify yourselves mean for you and me personally? Now, I could get into the details of what it meant for the people he was speaking to, but just out of time concerns, let's just get to what might purify yourselves mean for you and me personally? Well, it could mean, it could mean do what you can to purify yourself and also allow, allow God by his Holy Spirit to purify or cleanse you on the inside. That's what it means. So, what, let's ask the question, what can you do to help purify yourself? God has a way by his spirit, by his spirit, to help all of us become more aware of some of the things we can do uh, to purify ourselves. For, for instance, you could, you could voluntarily stop thinking about things which you know are wrong. That can be a part of it. You could, you could stop watching television programs or movies which you know are not spiritually healthy for you and do not glorify God. Come on now, most of us are intelligent enough to know that, right? Or you could, you could stop watching pornography, whether it is in the form of magazines, on television, the internet, wherever. A few weeks ago, Dr. Lisa gave a fantastic message in which she spoke of this as well. You could, you could stop reading. You could stop reading inappropriate books which give you the idea that being unfaithful, being unfaithful to your wife or unfaithful to your husband is okay because it's not okay. It's not okay. You could stop going to places or, or clubs where you are tempted to do things which you know are wrong. You could stop polluting, polluting your body with cigarettes, alcohol, or non-prescription drugs and whatever else might fall in that category. And I'm sure that you have even more ideas as to how you can purify yourself through, through your willpower, through your concentration, through your actions. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this. It says, let us cleanse ourselves from everything, from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work toward complete holiness. Did you get that? Let us work toward complete holiness. 
Now, there are some things which you and I can do to help purify ourselves. Now, follow me on this. Follow me. This is very, very important. There are some things you and I can do to help purify ourselves, but ultimately, ultimately, in the church of the Nazarene, we believe, we believe that you and I need to have a heart. We need to have our heart, our internal makeup, our internal nature purified, cleansed, by the Holy Spirit, God himself. Amen? We believe that ultimately, yes, there are things you and I can do and should do to to lead us towards purity, but ultimately we believe in heart purity brought about by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And God says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what you and I have to do, my friends, is is we have to cry out to God as did King David in Psalm 51, verse 10. If we could have that back on the screen. Psalm 51, verse 10, we have to cry out, create in me a clean heart, O God. Amen? And as Psalm 86, verse 11 says, grant me, grant me purity of heart, so that I may honor you. And Acts 15 verse nine tells us that your heart and mine can be purified. How? By faith. By faith. How can you and I experience greater spiritual Revival. There we are, my friends. There we are. Let's purify ourselves. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we indeed pray for greater spiritual renewal, revival in each of our lives. And oh God, I pray that you would inspire and empower and help each of us to reopen and repair those areas of our lives where we need to take action on. And I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to purify ourselves, to do what we can as human beings, but ultimately to to call upon you and to say with King David, create in me a clean heart, Create in me a pure heart, O Lord. Create in me what only you are able to do. Oh, dear Lord, you know our inward nature and how wonderful it is to know that you are the divine surgeon, the chief surgeon of surgeons that is able to change and transform and purify our hearts. Do it, Lord. Do it in each one of us, whether we're younger or older. Do it, Lord, because we need to be a holy people. And so we seek you, and we say as individuals, and we say as a church family, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, O Lord.
Hear our individual prayers, hear our individual cries to you, Lord, to bring about victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.